Welcome to Real News on Real Estate with your host, Milton Figueroa. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to all of you and welcome to this show. What is Real News on Real Estate? Well, it is a space where we discuss what's going on in the housing market, the news that matters in residential real estate. And today we talk about the Royal Rumble of real estate. Yes, that's when we have multiple offers for a property. Now, who am I? I am your host, Milton Figueroa. I am an experienced realtor and broker associate with Deconova International Realty in Orlando. Big shout out to our friends in Orlando, helping families achieve their home ownership goals in this central Florida market. And this show, who is it for? Well, this is for buyers and sellers of real estate that want to be up to date with what goes on in the market. So if you're thinking of selling, this show is definitely for you. If you're thinking of buying, definitely, I have great news for you. And very important as well, this show is for the thousands of excellent real estate professionals that go to work every day to help their clients achieve their home ownership dreams. If you're a realtor, if you're a real estate agent anywhere in the United States and you have clients in Orlando, let me know. We can collaborate, work together. I can help you with those clients that are buying or selling and definitely working together will be beneficial for you, for your client, for everyone involved. Now, let's start the show today with a quote from Colin Powell. Yes, retired four-star general very respected in the United States Army. He said once that the healthiest competition occurs when average people win by putting above average effort. Nice, nicely said. The healthiest competition occurs when average people win by putting above average effort. And why am I using that quote to inspire you today? Well, because when we have multiple offers, it's about competition. It is ding, ding, ding. It is the royal rumble of real estate. It is like going into the ring with 30 other competitors and trying to outlast everyone else. There's no referee, practically no rules. Uh, it can get messy. Yes, it can get messy. And only the fittest will survive. So what, what am I talking about with this thing about multiple offers? Well, multiple offers, it means that someone is offering a property for sale and we have more than one bidder for that property. And when we have more than one bidder, we have two or more offers. Well, of course, that means we don't have a single offer. We have multiple offers. And that brings out the competitive spirit of those buyers that are clashing against each other, very likely to the benefit of the seller, right? It, and, and let's talk about it and, and when that happens and how that happens and things that you have to keep in mind. In Orlando, Central Florida, the market where uh, I work, I have seen multiple cases uh, where there is a lot of competition because this is a hot market. Even with the pandemic, even with everything that is going on in the country, this market is hot. So we have more buyers than sellers. We don't have a lot of inventory. And whenever a good property goes into the market, 
at a good price, we definitely receive interest from many parties. Now, the, the multiple offer situation comes into play when the market is hot, hot like the summer sun. Um, hot and lots of people want that property. And it is, it is an issue that's hyper-local. It doesn't have anything to do with what's going on in the country. A lot of people think of real estate uh, mistakenly as an issue of, of what happens nationally. And in reality, it's like everything else. You have hot markets, you have cold markets, and hyper-local is, is, is the name, is the word that comes to mind because it's about location, location, location. So what's hot here in my local market of Orlando may not be hot in any market, say San Jose in California. The needs of, of the people, the, the style of the properties, the income, the expenses, everything that has to do with the properties will be different. So this phenomenon is is uh, is hyper local. So maybe you live in a place and you're listening to this show. I'm wondering what is he talking about? Multiple offers? Maybe as a realtor you haven't had that situation in a while. But uh, but at least in this market that is is happening. It continues to happen. It's been happening for a while. Basically, it is a feast. Uh, basically, it is the closest to the battle royale, as we said in the beginning, uh, or that royal rumble. Uh, and the listing agent is the one who holds the, the prize. I don't know if you've uh, if you've been a fan of, of wrestling, but I remember in the 80s, uh, growing up and seeing a battle royale where 10, 20, 30 competitors came into the ring at the same time. And at the end of the night, there was an envelope with a big check, or so the promoters used to say. Um, I guess it was all part of the show, right? It was all part of the uh, of of the script. But uh, but I remember seeing you know a wrestler that perhaps didn't uh, have all of the opportunities or the physique, or maybe he was not the best top uh, seed person in the company. Uh, he would be very happy when he eliminated everybody else. He was the last one, the survivor, and he would get that envelope. Uh, with a check. Sometimes promoters would say it's a big check of $50,000. In the 80s? Yeah. In my local arena? Probably that was a little bit far-fetched. But anyway, um, when it comes to um, uh, when it comes to real estate, it is not about a check and it is not an exaggeration. It is actually a very good price. Is that home that you are looking for, and that's the price, and the listing agent is the one who holds that price. There are no specific rules, pretty much like the wrestling, right? There are no specific rules, um, but normally, normally what happens is if a listing agent receives more than one, uh, more than one offer for the property, that listing agent will communicate to everyone who sent in a bid and will say, hey guys, we have more than one offer. I am going to give you 24 hours or 48 hours, or I will give you until Tuesday at five o'clock to submit what's called the highest and best. So send me the best offer that, that you can send me because you have competition. And again, there's no, no rules about it. It's not really necessary. If you, as, as a listing agent, you receive the offer you're looking for, uh, you can pick without sending that notice. But, but that raises the level 
of action and, and gets people in that mood of Royal Rumble, let's get it done, let's, let's prevail over everyone else. Um, there are escalation clauses as well, um, and the, the escalation clause is when, uh, when, when you write into a contract that if prior to the seller accepting uh, a, an offer to purchase the property, uh, his seller is looking at your offer, and another offer comes in that is higher than yours, that it will go over uh, that other uh, that other offer by a certain uh, amount of dollars and under certain conditions. That happens. It's not necessarily the most favored situation, uh, and in some places it is actually discouraged. I think it certainly puts buyers at a big disadvantage when you're tipping your hand from from the very first moment uh, by saying that you're willing to go. Uh, extra steps, even if there's no competition at the beginning. Well, anyway, um, all of these factors come into play, and certainly when there are uh, multiple offers and, and you are purchasing a property and your agent comes to you and says, well, Mr. Client, you, uh, you have competition now. We really have to think about it. Is the offer that we made the best um, that, that, you can, that you can make? Uh, how bad do you want this property? That's, that's an important question. Uh, let's talk to your loan officer and see what the loan officer can do. There are a few things that you can actually do in this circumstance, and there are uh, factors that you need to consider if you're purchasing a property and you're faced with that situation. You get that call from your agent and you're, and you're expecting good news, right? Because you submitted an offer, you're in love with the property, and suddenly you get the call from the agent. Oh my goodness, this is my agent. Let me answer. Hello, Miss Agent, how are you? And then she's on the phone saying, well, I wish I had better news, but your, the home is not yours yet. We have to compete. We need to talk. Usually when someone tells you we need to talk, uh, uh, that's not necessarily because it's good news, right? So let's look at those items, those issues, those, uh, those matters that you have to keep in mind as a purchaser of real estate when it comes to that point of the multiple offer situation. Let's look at that in a moment when we come back from uh, this break. We are back talking about multiple offers and talking about this competition. Remember what Colin Powell said, the healthiest competition occurs when average people win by putting above average effort. And that's something you have to keep in mind if you're buying a property and there is competition. You know, uh, you actually have to put above average effort. You have to do a little bit extra work to make it happen for you. Remember, we can be in touch in many, many ways. I am on Facebook at facebook.com slash Milton the Realtor and facebook.com slash Real News Real Estate. Also on the web, my website is miltontherealtor.com and by phone 407-443-3833. You can also go on the web to see my blog version of this uh, Real News on Real Estate at figreal.blogspot.com. Plenty of info there. Figreal is F-I-G-R-E-A-L. And you can listen to this show. You can recommend it to uh, your friends. You can subscribe in any of the 
podcasting apps available, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and others. And by the way, if you listen on the Anchor app, you can always drop me a voice message that we can play on the show. So, talking about multiple offers, the strongest is the one that gets picked. We have seven offers for a property, and it happened to me recently. We had, actually not seven, we had five. So we got to pick out the strongest. It's the survival of the fittest. But the question is, how do we define what is the strongest offer? And that's what your agent is going to tell you, my, my dear friend who is buying a property now. You get that call that we were mentioning a few minutes ago about, uh, hey, we have competition. We have to come up with the best offer, the highest and best. We got to come up with the strongest. How do you define what the strongest offer is? Well, there are many factors uh, and we will go over them, not in any order specifically, um, but we need to consider each of them. Number one, we have to think of the highest bid. Can you be the highest bid? And that certainly is one of the factors, one of the most important, I should say, when it comes uh, to being accepted, because at the end of the day for a seller is about maximizing the number of dollars from the transaction. I always tell people, if I'm going to sell your property, I want to get you top dollar for your property. And of course, the highest bid, a big number, is certainly very appealing to a seller. But it is not the only consideration. It is not the only issue that a seller will review with uh, the seller's listing agent. There are other issues that you have to keep in mind. For example, contingencies. Between the time you sign the offer and the time of closing, there will be certain contingencies that you want to put into the contract. For example, you want to have a contingency for an inspection because the house may look pretty, but behind the curtain, there may be some problems or some conditions that you want to know about. By the way, we're going to make a show about inspections. It's coming. It's actually the next show. Um, also, you may want to put in some protection contingencies about an appraisal because if you offer $250,000 for a property and somehow there is an appraisal at $220,000 you don't want to overpay you don't want to pay too much for your property there's also the financing contingency because very likely you will need a loan you and, and you need to put that down you need to put it in writing that you are purchasing the property with a loan so if you don't get approved for the loan after doing your best effort, you can get your deposit back and you're not bound by a transaction. You know, you, you cannot print money. You're not like the reserve. So in that sense, you have to protect yourself, but you have to be careful with those contingencies uh, when it comes to having the highest and best offer. Um, it is, you know, it is an issue with contingencies. So from the standpoint of the seller, for example, when we look at the issue of the inspections, what if you wrote that you want to do your inspection within 15 days? In Florida, in Florida, when we use the standard forms uh, as, as realtors, in, there is a part of the contract 
that talks about inspections. And it, it gives you a space to write the number of days that you need for your inspection. If you leave it blank, it will default to 15 days. Well, 15 days is a lot of time. I mean, these days, it doesn't take that long to find an inspector. It doesn't take that long to actually conduct the inspection, even if the inspector is busy, and it doesn't take that long to get the results back. So you can make your offer stronger by saying, instead of 15 days for inspection, I'll do it in 10 days, or I will do it in seven days. Or if you are already into the game and you are well advanced in this process of purchasing the property and you know an inspector and that inspector is flexible, maybe you say, I'll do it in five days. Sellers love a short inspection period because what that means is that the uncertainty of having someone come look at the home and not be happy with it and getting out of the contract, that gets removed pretty quickly. And I will say, as a buyer, definitely that helps you because you don't want to waste a lot of time. Waiting 15 days for an inspection? Why do it? No, do it as quick as you can. Same thing with an appraisal. And that's something you have to work with your loan officer, um, depending on how you are doing with your financing. Um, you know, the sooner that you do the, the appraisal, the better it is. And also the sooner that you can work on that financing, the better it will be for everyone involved. So if you want to make your offer stronger, you tighten up those, uh, those deadlines, you tighten up those timelines and you present an improved offer with lesser number of days in those contingencies. Also, another issue is, is your offer finance or is it in cash? Because of course, cash is king. And sometimes a property has several offers and someone says, I'm going to give you, you know, that property that was listed at $250,000. Someone says, I'll give you 260, but I have, I need, you know, I, I need financing and it will take 30, 40 days to get it close. And then comes this person with cash and says, I'll give you 250 in cash. We can close next week. Very likely that cash offer, even though it's not the highest bid, it has the least number of contingencies uh, and definitely cash is always king. So that may be even more attractive than a higher amount offer. And then if your offer is financed, then how much cash you have on the table? How, how much cash are you bringing to the game? Because the more skin that you have in the game, the better it is for you. If you're financing a property with FHA, on an FHA loan, you're very likely bringing 3.5% uh, of cash to the closing table. If you're doing a conventional offer, very likely you're bringing more. Yes, there's a 97% uh, uh, financing for conventional offers, but if you bring more money to the table, you look like a stronger candidate. Also, how much money you're bringing to the table initially in your escrow, your initial escrow. If you're coming to the table with 500 bucks or just a thousand bucks, well, you're not going to look as strong and confident as someone who says, I'm going to put $5,000 or I'm going to put 2% of the purchase price. 
definitely that makes a difference. And I'm talking about all of these issues, all of these numbers, all of these contingencies when picking who has the strongest offer. Um, if the offer is financed, I think it is always important to uh, volunteer uh, your loan officer. Tell your loan officer, hey, you may get a call from so-and-so. Uh, this is the realtor for the seller at the property. Please share as much info as you can within uh, uh, the guidelines or within what you can share uh, about what we're doing because that gives confidence to, to that seller. So being open about it can help. Of course, uh, if you're pulling for a miracle, then maybe that conversation doesn't happen. But at the end of the day, I'm talking about things that can make your offer stronger. So as a buyer, always, I, I tell you, besides these issues, I, I have to tell you as a buyer, always make a great offer from the get-go because first impressions always count. Um, I'm not saying that you go overboard, but please don't send a disrespectful offer if someone is asking 250 for a property that that is worth 250, don't send an offer for 170. It just doesn't make sense. If that person was so hungry, very likely that property would have not made it to the market anyway. Okay? So send a good offer. Send send a great offer, I should say, from the get-go. And then I also have to tell you in this process of doing the multiple offers, please don't stretch yourself too much. I know we're looking at making the strongest offer, but some people then go to the extreme of trying to be stronger than what they really are, and then they get in trouble because they cannot get the financing. And sometimes, because of the tight days and the tight schedules, they end up losing earnest money deposits. So don't stretch yourself. That's a conversation you need to have with your realtor and with your loan officer uh, when you're getting into this frenzy, when you're getting into, <laughs> into this battle royale. You need to be ready. Uh, you, you need to be ready, but you cannot stretch yourself. And if the bidding goes too high, you definitely need to be ready to walk away because then an opportunity can turn into a nightmare for you. And certainly the last piece of advice I have is you need to talk to your loan officer regarding how a higher offer will impact not just the, the amount of money you're bringing to the table, but also your monthly payment, because it can affect your eligibility for a loan, but also it can affect your monthly budget at home. For some people, $5, $10, $20 may not be relevant, but for others, it can definitely make a difference. So that's it today. I wish you the best of luck. I hope that when you get into that battle royale, uh, actually you're the one that eliminates all the competitors. You throw them over the third rope and you make it yours. You win and you make that home yours. I'm Milton Figueroa. Thank you for being part of this show, Real News on Real Estate. And we're coming back with the next show soon. Thank you for being here and... I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day.